Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 132 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with hosting duties this week. Bob Stoffer enjoying a second week of vacation. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Also remind you that during the season, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. But of course, nothing really moving on that front. So instead, let's revisit the wild goaltending carousel that unfolded on July 28th, okay? And it was all kicked into gear, in my opinion, by Philip Grubauer essentially choosing the expansion Seattle Kraken over a similar price to what he would have gotten had he stayed with cup contender Colorado. So let's break it all down. And for that, we welcome Catherine Silverman to the show, contributor to In Goal Magazine. We're trying to connect on Friday. No such luck, but even better this week. Kat, thank you so much for taking some time this afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Thank you for joining us. So let's let's set the table right there and get your thoughts on uh, what was probably a lot more hectic of a, of a goaltending market than we maybe anticipated heading into this offseason. Yeah, I uh, there were a couple teams that I really thought were going to uh, to shake up their goaltending situation. Namely, I thought the Oilers would. I thought they'd probably bring in someone new. Um, they didn't, and then instead, all the other teams did, which was kind of fun. Um, a little unexpected in some areas. Uh, a couple teams almost seemed to directly swap who they had in goal. Um, you know, Carolina and. Uh, Carolina and Toronto kind of made some weird little swaps there. Um, the Philip Grubauer deal was probably the last one I was expecting. I thought that that was going to be an expansion draft situation. And then when, when he wasn't taken, I, I assumed he was safe in Colorado. And then he ended up going going to Seattle and sort of set the, set the, set the dominoes in motion, if you will, um, which was, exciting as as a goalie it was fun watching all all the guys get their good deals but yeah it was a little unexpected 
Yeah, it was a huge volume. There was a lot of volume that day when it came to to goaltenders. What do you think I mean, when you look at the the whole free agent day? Is there one or two that stick out to you to be really good value contracts for the team in the goaltender that they're getting? Uh, that's tough. I think a lot of the guys that moved around are guys who are a little more injury prone. Um, like I think Auntie Ranta could be a great deal for Carolina if he's healthy. I think we could have some good deals. Like I think the Mike Smith deal could be fantastic if he stays healthy for two years. I think Philip Grubauer could be fantastic for getting Seattle to a competitive place comparatively since they really didn't have the same type of impactful draft that the Vegas did a few years prior, but that's if he stays healthy. And a lot of those guys who did sign free agent deals are guys who just haven't been able to show that over the last handful of years. Even guys like Braden Holtby, who ended up in Dallas, which I didn't think Dallas needed another goaltender with injury issues, but they decided to uh, they decided to bring one on anyway. Um, yeah, I think I think if a lot of those guys stay healthy, those are fantastic value deals. We didn't really see a ton of super long term, super high volume, but if if those guys aren't healthy, those are those are weird moves that a lot of the teams made well we we were certainly expecting some sort of upgrade on the oilers side of things whether it was sending koskin in elsewhere be it columbus be it arizona or whatever the case may have been and now it's they're entering the season with the same thing which you know could ultimately not end up being the worst thing in the world koskinen's numbers save for perhaps the confidence inspired in his team when he lets the first goal in and they're not necessarily the worst on the market but i really believe that there was a push made to try and get Darcy Kemper out of Arizona as soon as Philip Grubauer hit the road uh, and Colorado made that move it looked like at least in the short term now that's not going to be an option for Edmonton so maybe I'll get your thoughts on just who as you're based out of Arizona right Kat who is Correct. goaltender uh, Darcy Kemper to you as a player at this stage of his career can he be a bona fide number one for a competitive team in the Western Conference uh, that's tough. I think he, if you'd asked me this three, even three years ago, I would have said no, absolutely not. He was given so many opportunities to be the starter in Minnesota and just kept handing those chances right back to them, saying no thank you. And then he really seems to find his groove with L.A. And after L.A. ended up, he was traded to Arizona, really found his groove there. And ultimately, I... Injury-wise, that's, that's another name. This has not stayed healthy for more than two, three months at a time, um, which I find to be not a not a true bona fide number one, if that makes sense. Um, then again, I think uh, in Colorado, he's got less of a stressful situation than he did in Arizona. No disrespect to Arizona, obviously. Um, so there's a chance that he'll he'll have a little more longevity there. Um, that being said, I I didn't necessarily think that he was going anywhere without fetching almost an overpay because Arizona could have very easily kept him this year. I think they would have had no issues running with Carter Hutton and Darcy Kemper, and then they were offered a, a pretty good first-round pick there and said, okay, we'll take that, and decided to make that move instead, which 
is is disappointing for a lot of Arizona fans, but I think is something that Colorado did overpay a little bit on given his health situation. Aiden Hill played in Arizona as well. He's a WHL grad with the Portland Winterhawks and played with Canada at the World Championships with Darcy Kemper. What did you see from him this past season? I I saw a lot more at the World Championships than I did it during the season. I thought he did pretty well. Um, I still, that's another guy who I don't think bona fide number one when I look at his trajectory and his numbers, but I do think he very clearly showed that he's capable of staying in the NHL. Um, I think that was a nice upgrade for San Jose, who that's a team that desperately needed to add anyone, right? They needed to add a goaltender with NHL numbers overall, and they had, to be perfectly honest, they didn't have one in their system. Um, so I think he's he's poised to do pretty well there. I don't think that's a team that has any aspirations of being a playoff team this year or next. Um so I don't know if he'll end up playing all of the games or if he'll split with some of their prospects, but he's he's been a lot of fun to watch grow, and I think there is still little room for more growth there in his game. I'm chatting with Catherine Silverman, contributor to uh, In Goal Magazine, and the goaltending landscape for a couple of teams is is a lot muddier after this offseason. I look at Columbus, and I look at Dallas, who you mentioned, but let's let's start in the Lone Star State. So they already had a crowded crease. Ben Bishop, I'm not sure, is... I'm, I don't know what he is at this point. His knees are ultimately going to dictate what he, he becomes. Knees and hips, I think, with Bishop. Anton Hudobin is still there, and yet they go out and they they bring in a Braden Holtby, which leads me to believe that they didn't think either one of those two veterans was enough to back up or play alongside Jake Ettinger. So do you see either or any of these players being an option, um, maybe even mid-season or end of next season for the Oilers to say target a Hudobin to, to make an upgrade, if you will? Uh, I think the Stars are probably as uncertain of that as the Oilers are. Um, like you said, I think those are those are all guys who, like we were saying with the injuries, I think those are guys who just we don't know. Um, and they ultimately could all be healthy, in which case you have to you have to move one of them, right? You don't want to block Odinger there. Um, but there's also a chance that none of them are healthy. Uh, which we've seen, unfortunately, more than once over the last few years. Um, I think Hudobin's more likely to be healthy than Ben Bishop. I'm, I don't know how confident Ben Bishop is in his knees and hips, but I'm, I'm not all that confident in them right now. Um, I think Hudobin and Holtby are both likely to be healthy, but I don't know how well they would play as an upgrade over Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. I think that's almost a situation where the Oilers would want to look at a team that has a plethora of younger goaltenders in their system. Um, I think that the New York Rangers, they still have Igor Shesterkin and Alexander Gordiev. Those are two youngish, very good cost control capable guys. Um, and then they have some prospects in their system too. A team like that, almost like what Calgary did with, with Boston, where they ended up getting Dan Vladar uh, since Jeremy Swayman was looking like he was coming out in front and there was a younger odd man out. I think that's almost more what the Oilers would would need to target there. Talking about the older goaltenders trying to stay healthy, are you, are you seeing in the more recent past 
a higher level of injury in netminders. Is that something that's on the rise? Uh, it was for a little bit there, for sure. I think um, we're seeing it's kind of an ebb and flow. Um, as additional technique is added, excuse me, we see guys who manage to uh, manage to really improve game, but then hurt themselves in the process. And then we see recovery techniques added that, that really help out um, and add to that longevity for careers. But yeah, I think we've been seeing a little more, especially among some of the guys who have had to add new things to their game that maybe they weren't initially conditioned to do. Catherine Silverman, contributor to uh, In Goal Magazine. I, I want to talk about Columbus, obviously, with uh, Matisse Kivlinix passing away over the course of the summer. The complexion of their goaltending depth chart organizationally would have changed slightly. I don't know if that makes either Jonas Corposalo or Elvis Merzlichkins less expendable at this point, but to me, those are two other options that the Oilers would be exploring as a potential upgrade, and Columbus could, frankly, take Koskinen's cap hit back in a deal with a couple of sweeteners. But in your opinion, Kat, which of Jonas Corposalo or Elvis Merzlichkins is most likely to be the guy that Columbus hangs on to, and by virtue of that, the other one more likely to shake free? I think they're more likely to hold on to Elvis, but uh, like you said, they did have a member of their goaltending depth chart pass over the summer, and that was one of his very good friends. So I think they're probably going to hold on a little longer than they initially planned to just to make sure that they're not disrupting that part of the room too much. I think that especially for both Corpus Allo and uh, Merzlikens, there is a, a cognitive aspect and an emotional aspect that has to be considered that really most other teams wouldn't have to consider with trades. Um, and I think they'll ultimately have to take that into account before they deal one of the two. But I do think one of them will when they when they figure out what's going on there, I think one will open up for sure. And I, I think that's a fantastic team to target for that very reason. Yeah, that would be... I, I wonder if that'll be something closer to trading deadline or, or something maybe a month or two out of that. What do you think? That's that's kind of where I'm guessing it'll fall. I think they probably won't won't do too much right at the start of the season just to make sure that they aren't disrupting anything more than has already been disrupted you look at boston and it's obviously going to be very different there without tuka rask he'll be out january to february he's an unrestricted free agent right now anyway you mentioned jeremy swayman the uh, former Maine black bear who really emerged last year and then they supplement that or insulate that rather with linus Olmark, which I, I think was a move that caught a lot of people off guard so i'll ask you this where does that leave tuka rask when he's healthy enough to return given the fact that we've heard him verbalize that he doesn't necessarily want to play anywhere other than Boston, but a strange pecking order could be all of a sudden presenting itself to the Bruins if he does come back and say they offer him a contract. Yeah, I think that'll that'll be kind of fun to watch for. Um, but that being said, I think uh, that's a guy who just about any goaltender respects and admires. Uh, I think both Jeremy Swayman and Lannis Olmark grew up for at least a chunk of their youth careers watching guys like Tuka Rask. And were he healthy enough to return to help out with a playoff push and a playoff run, it would be a, a part year 
staying. I don't think he'd come back beyond this season. So I don't see either of them putting up too much of a fuss about that. Um, but yeah, I think they definitely wouldn't bring him back unless he's fully healthy. And at that point, if he's to the point where he's very clearly good to go, I don't see why you don't run with him. Yeah, you would. You know, that's interesting with Rask. Like in his situation, if he comes back healthy, I know at the start of the year, most teams all think they have goaltending. And then a couple months into it, maybe three months into it, maybe you don't think you do. So it could change and, and maybe, and I'm sure he doesn't want to go anywhere but Boston, but the reality might be where if you want to keep playing, you'll have to. Could could you see uh, Tuka Rask on a different club? I think it would take a very unique situation like I think it would take the right team asking at the right time with the right contract and the right guarantee Mark which I'm not even sure what that would end up being yeah I see exactly where you're coming from on that I think that, that the player has all the control in that specific situation yeah, right. over oh, not only his recovery but assuming he wants to return to the ice um, a player that decided he will return to the ice in a different jersey once again is Marc-Andre Fleury who was sort of unceremoniously cast away to the Chicago Blackhawks for a bag of pucks and a couple of water bottles in return and I just can't piece together what he's done to earn the way that they have handled him and maybe it's a behind closed doors thing I don't know I I can't figure out if there's a vendetta against Alan Walsh here in the way that he's handled it but Flurry, for being the franchise player in Vegas for a couple of seasons three seasons four seasons there Kat I am blown away with how they handled their player and shipping him away to a Chicago team who doesn't necessarily look especially close to contending right now no, they're they're very far from that. Um, I even within the goaltending community, there there were very few reactions to the flurry move that were anything other than complete shock. Um, I think we all had certain moves that we thought, oh, you know, if the team's desperate, this guy might move. Uh, just little things that we thought were long shots um and i don't think any of us had flurry on our list um and it might be an alan walsh thing um it might just be wanting to give robin laner a little bit more room to breathe i i couldn't even begin to figure that one out i when the when i saw that move i truly i had to double and triple check because I thought that it was a fake account tweeting it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great year, though. It wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, as a, you know, kind of a stick it to I the team that moved having, you. I can see him having a good year. I can't see Chicago having a good year. Yeah. Um, like, I, we've seen Chicago have very good years from Corey Crawford up until his retirement. Um, he, I mean, he's the reason they even made it to the play-in round in the bubble um and they still were very clearly not a competitive team with him and he's a guy that i consider to be at least a contender for that hall of fame tier among the mark andre Fleury, the tuka rask the henrik lundquist i put Corey crawford right with them and they still weren't even that competitive with him um so i think that we would need a magical magnetic golden puck <laughs> only touches Marc Andre Fleury's magical magnetic pads uh, for Chicago to be competitive, but I've been wrong before quite a few times. So, 
Well, maybe the Jones brothers will have something to say about that on the back end. Um, just as far as storylines go, Kat, that you're following with the season uh, approaching here, stuff you're writing about, stuff you're podcasting about, what do you have your eyes on entering this season uh, from your journalistic perspective? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, the Olympics. Interesting. Uh, mm. That's the big one for me. I I think there's going to be some fun storylines within teams, especially in terms of goaltending. I think there's so much that moved around. And like I said, so many questionable health statuses that are going to be either proven right or wrong but the olympics i think that's gonna that's really gonna impact some teams we've already seen some guys getting clearance to go play we've seen the nhl thing that they're not going to pay for the insurance for guys to go do it uh, i think that's going to be an interesting storyline for i think some up-and-comers you know usually we see at least a few guys come over who even especially in net, when, when teams are a little thin, uh, we see them bring over some of their prospects even to fill in the AHL. And I think we're not going to be able to see quite as much of that. So I think that's going to be a little interesting dynamic-wise. Great stuff, Kat. Appreciate all your insights on goaltending around the NHL. We'll try and have you on again in the near future, okay? All right, sounds good. Great stuff. Catherine Silverman, a contributor to In Goal Magazine. You can find her uh, on Twitter, at Kat Silverman. We'll take one last break here on Oilers Now. Bring it back with this day in Oilers history when we return. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon here, wrapping up the Tuesday edition, and this will be the last time you hear from me for the next 24-ish hours. I've got Inside Sports tomorrow night. Cam has this show tomorrow afternoon yeah we're we're moving everybody over hey it's a little bit of a shell game going on right now but mm-hmm. yeah that's what's happening this day in oilers history is brought to you by new west travel experience a great holiday to vancouver on a private jet with three nights hotel for just 699 dollars details at newwesttravel.com we'll go back to 1998 which cam i believe the fall of that year was your first with the rebels is that yeah. right i had done three years in nanaimo in the bc league before i went to red deer how yes. about that yeah. uh, former oilers defenseman steve smith on this day in 1998 announces that he's coming out of retirement to join the Calgary Flames Whoa. as a player? Are you kidding me? He was an assistant coach the previous season after retiring as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks in 1997. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Experience that great holiday down to the West Coast. Vancouver on a private jet. Three nights hotel, just $699. Visit newwesttravel.com for more details. It is guest host Dave Campbell 
on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of reaction to the news out of the NHL today, the WHL, and then that Elks game uh, tomorrow. No, Thursday against Thursday. the BC Lions. So that'll be a good one. That's also why Dave's not hosting the show tomorrow night. But Cam, that's why you're hosting this show tomorrow. What do you have planned? Well, tomorrow, well, we are going to talk with John Shannon. We will have him on. We will have uh, former Edmonton Oiler Colin Fraser on. And we will have the regular host of this show, really? Bob Stoffer. Oh. I'm pulling him right out of his vacation. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've, I've checked his Twitter account. I think that he, he's got a couple things locked and ready to go. He's dialed okay. in. Good. The guy never unplugs. We no, know. that's right. <laughs> All righty. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Cam, for riding shotgun these last couple of days. Thanks I know for you'll having do amazing me. tomorrow. You want to hear me? Six to eight tomorrow night. That'll be fun too. But tonight it's Dave on Inside Sports. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Cocott from 2 to 3, and then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with guest host Ted Henley. Big thanks to all our guests, all our contributors on the text line. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, saying so long from the 6.30 Chet Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.